Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And today we review the Apple TV Plus original motion picture, Coda. What did we do in this episode? We did talk some. Yeah, we talked about this movie. This is the first streaming service original motion picture to win an Academy Award. We talk about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we talk about if Apple TV should get credit for a movie that they bought at an auction. <laughs> I don't think there's not an intention getter in the intro of this podcast. <laughs> The insidiest baseball uh, comment you could do in the intro. We go quickly to Romance Corner and talk about both the mom and dad and Ruby and her Melba Toasts man. <laughs> are, you, are you reading off a cue card over there? Is someone like... Yeah. Holding the cue? Yeah. That's, what, that's what it sounds like. They're holding it far like. away. I'm just reading yeah, it closely. Far, like squinting, trying to get it. Good. Is that, what is that? Steven revisits his favorite actor from Overboard yes. facetiously. We talk a little bit about fish. Oh my word! <laughs> no, we I don't. Think, I think we got enough. I think we got enough. There you go. All this and more on movies on the side. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep all that in the intro. It's gonna be great. That Joni Mitchell song. Now I need to listen to that song that she sang about the examine in the clouds. That was a, that was a good song. I never heard that song. Before. No, haven't heard that song before, but I liked it. Nate, this movie, Coda, is an Apple TV Plus original. And the reason why that's important is because this is the first time a streaming service, a la Netflix or Disney Plus, HBO Max, all of that, first time a streaming service ever won the Best Picture Academy Award, and it was won by Apple TV Plus, the youngest streaming service. Maybe Disney Plus is a little younger, but Disney's been around forever. So, yeah. Is that uh, impressive to you at all? Do you have any thoughts on that, Nate? Uh, yes. I find it very impressive, and I'm surprised that it's the first one of its kind. I would have thought that something else would have won in the you know sometime in the past three years. But I guess it's Best Picture, so it's pretty prestigious. <laughs> it is pretty prestigious. And the other nominee or one of the other nominees was something about the dog. I forget the name of the movie. I'm sorry. The, power the Benedict Cumberbatch. We talked about this. The Power of Yeah, the we dog? talked about this at the end of one of our episodes. Did we? It's a Netflix we, we original. We couldn't believe there was a movie coming out at some point yeah, in time yeah. that was And then it was this, nominated for And then Best it came Picture. out. Right. Yeah. And that was, that was a Netflix original. So it's not like there were no other streaming services as nominated for the Best Picture. I mean, Apple TV Plus was against like the big guys, like Netflix. So right. pretty impressive. There was some talk. I want to get just a little, little techie here. Ooh. There was some talk of like, you know, this movie debuted at the Sundance Film Festival and Apple bought the rights to it. Right. And so to call it an Apple original is like a little bit of, you know, is it really an original or whatever? Uh And then there were other people that were like, what do you expect? Tim Cook to be sitting in the director's chair, like calling the shots? Like, what does it take to be an original? So anyway, that was like some of the background on Twitter, like the night of the event, which is super inside baseball. I, I have, just want to mention that. Okay, I have an instantaneous thought when you said that. Yeah. Which is, yeah, my mind kind of leans towards, I mean, yeah, you you just won it in an auction. If I what? bid on <laughs> if no. I bid on like a really fancy jacket and I own the jacket, I don't get to win costume design for my jacket. Well, but here, I mean, every production company but buys. That's, my, that's just my first thought. I'm sure all of it, yeah. I mean, but like, doesn't Amazon have like Amazon Studios and stuff? Does Apple have like Apple Studios? I mean, Apple is like commissioning original content. Like Ted Lasso, Apple commissioned that show to be made. 
again, it's not like Tim Cook was sitting in the director's chair or writing the screenplay, like, but Apple commissioned it to be done. So it was like a little different order there. Okay. Whereas Coda was already like produced, Apple bought the rights. Got it. Then there are other arguments. I love this inside baseball. Other arguments were like, well, if Fubo TV had bought Coda, would it have been as well marketed and successful? Implying probably not. Yeah, but I also feel like I want to believe... It's not true, but I want to believe that a movie could win on its own merits and not just because they did a good job marketing it. Well, yes, but marketing is a a deal. Like, How many people have seen The Power power and the Strength of the Dog? (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, that's enough Inside Baseball. I just thought that was interesting, kind of like backstory on it. It is interesting. It is a little interesting, but... Well, good job for... Good job for buying it good job for having it <laughs> yeah. well way done. to buy way to buy a movie way to buy all right what do you think the rotten tomatoes is for coda i'm gonna say critics are 91 critics are 94 94 critics like this movie what do you think audience gave it 87 oh maybe they gave it 92 audience gave oh, it 92 okay. audience like this movie too okay a lot of the critics said the plot of this movie is you know fairly straightforward there's a girl played by Amelia Jones. The character's name is Ruby Rossi, and she is of a family where her mother and father and brother are all hearing impaired, and she can hear. She's the only one in her family that can hear, and so she is like having to work the fishing boat with them and be their interpreter, but turns out she can sing, and her talent is seen by a musical teacher who wants her to audition for Berkeley, and the movie ensues of the push and pull of if she leaves, is she betraying her family and not helping them run a fishing business? But if she doesn't leave, she's giving up her dream. You know, so it's that kind of plot. But I think the plot is not what really sets this movie apart. I think the performances within this movie are pretty incredible. And the representation, three of the four main actors, namely Marley Matlin, Troy Kotsur, and Daniel Durant, which play the Rossi family, are actually hearing impaired in real life. And that's, it's pretty amazing to see it all on screen play out. And Troy... One, he won for best supporting actor. So this movie won three he won Oscars. Won for best supporting actor, yeah. like yeah, and that was a big yeah, and that was a big moment as well. That was the second time a hearing impaired actor ever won an Oscar, and the first one was actually Marley Matlin, who also in this movie she won back in 1986. Wow, she won the Academy Award for best actress. So very cool. Yeah, I mean it's pretty pretty big deal. Excellent representation. Actually, having hearing impaired actors in this movie, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good movie. What, what did you, because you just saw this last night? Yeah, I did. Okay, I mean, did you have any like preconceived notion or like, what did you know what to expect? I had seen the trailer before and I had, it's one of those movies that I had meant to watch earlier, <laughs> Yeah. but I was yeah. kind of worried that it was going to make me very sad. Yes. And sometimes movies that I know are going to be good, but I'm afraid are going to make me sad, fall down the list and I end up watching like Red Notice. <laughs> or free guy instead (laughs) because sometimes i just like yeah for example like sometimes i am afraid to like emotionally commit to a movie and sometimes i just i opt for the the fluff over like the real stuff yeah so it was great that we were doing this episode that it won best picture because it gave me a great excuse to actually watch it yeah and honestly because i report on apple stuff i tend to watch Apple TV Plus original content. Mm -hmm. And I had watched like the first 30 minutes of this movie months ago, but I did not finish it. I felt like maybe it's a little slow. You know, I kind of see where it's going. Like maybe it's not, you know, maybe there's nothing surprising. 
So I stopped. And then once I won Best Picture, I finished it. <laughs> I obviously finished the movie. Right. And I was like, okay. And can I tell you why, Nate? I really struggled the, during my first viewing to finish it was one actor. Do you know who I'm thinking of? Uh, is it the friend Gertie who is uh, Canadian and, and I thought was British because her accent kind of comes in and out? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it was Eugenio Derbez who played the music teacher, oh, Bernardo Villalobos. Because you had seen him in my favorite movie, Overboard. Yes. And you said, Be- I don't know. Because of that movie, Overboard, I am uh-huh. afraid that... <laughs> Eugenio Derbez, in my mind, is tarnished for life. And anytime I see him on screen, I just think he's that character from Overboard. And I just can't get <laughs> You're past afraid it. he's back to haunt you. Because he also, like, he kind of had the same mannerisms and the same, like, kind of over-the-top personality in this movie. Uh-huh. Once I saw him in that, that's actually when I stopped watching it. When he was did that kind of first scene trying uh-huh. to tell the kids, like, uh-huh. breathe, Bernardo. you know, pant, pant, pant like a dog, you know. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. Can't do it. <laughs> so yep, it took me months yep. literally to come back to, to do it. So that's that's why. I mean, he did fine in this movie. Yeah. Like, it wasn't bad. But I just, yeah, it was tough. Push. Medium dog. <laughs> Big dog. <laughs> Engage your core. Okay, well, let's, do an, let's do an early romance corner, Nate. Yes. What did it. you think of Jackie and Frank Rossi, the husband and wife, or mother and father of Amelia. Oh, we're going romance corner for the Yeah, the uh, parents, the parents. They were awesome. Yes, I agree. I bought every moment. I thought they like I I bought their relationship. Uh, they felt like they had been together for a long time. Yes. Like she has this uh there's a scene where she's trying to talk to him in bed and he's like reading and he wants to go <laughs> to sleep. And yes. She wants to talk to him more uh, or assign to him more and yeah, it's like a good amount of you can tell they are super into each other yes but the kind of getting exasperated with each other is also very good yeah the way that he talks about her being so attractive and all this kind of stuff like it was so good kind of nice like he was like wow they're really in love <laughs> something is interesting watching this movie so many times there's no audio because the hearing impaired actors and characters are communicating via sign language and there are captions for what they're saying right but you can't obviously hear what they're saying and there were times when I would start getting a little distracted and doing something on my phone or whatever and realized I'm missing all the dialogue. I don't know what's happening. And I had to realize like I really right. had to. Right. You actually have to read them. I had to look. And I was like, huh, that is also true for someone who is hearing impaired. Like unless they can see what someone is saying or what is happening, there really is no context. Right. Lip reading. Yeah. There's no are, context yeah. for what's happening. And I was like, wow, that's. You know, they, the movie does a good job of making you feel that, of like, hey, there would be no sound happening. There's an incredible scene when the daughter, <sighs> Ruby, is doing her kind of first onstage musical performance, and you hear what's going on, and then they do this slow fade to silence, and you then realize you're from the dad's, Troy's perspective, and you it's you don't hear anything. And he's just looking at people's facial expressions. I thought that was an incredible moment. I'll sacrifice for you, dedicate my life. That might be one of my favorite moves that this movie does, which it fades it out and it doesn't come back. The song ends and you've heard them practice this song in the movie. So us as the audience, like we know the beginning of the song, are expecting to watch their duet finish. And we do watch it. 
but we watch it without sound as though we were in his shoes. And there is something so frustrating that it like brings across to me because you see it end, you like see other other people like rise to their feet and do a standing ovation. Right. And you're not you're left going, I I wanted to hear how that sounded at the end. And then you go, Oh right. Like right. they would never have known how this sounded. And like they would they would not be able to experience it the way that I can experience this song. Right. And I thought that was really, really effective and in a very, very, very small way brought me in the boat for just a second of how it must feel to be sitting at a concert watching your daughter and you can see other people reacting and taking in the music and enjoying it right and your own daughter you can't quite experience it in that way and then in the next moment for them to be home and the dad asks her to sing it again (sighs) but he puts his hands like on her neck in a (laughs) tender way that sounds like scary but it's not you know he is feeling the vibrations of her singing right and it is i think one of the best moments of the movie and that yeah i thought that was beautiful did you shed any tears to your tear corner then and one other time and then we'll talk about okay. the, the final scene yes. in a moment but because uh, i don't think it's even a spoiler to talk about it yeah i don't think we need to really do a spoiler horn for this yeah yeah for this one but to wrap up romance corner we did have one other relationship of yeah ruby and Miles, her fellow duet partner. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think of him? I thought in general, he was kind of a wet blanket, but I think he's supposed <laughs> to be. Like, yeah. he's kind of just Melba toast down, like, but she's really into him. They have amazing high school chemistry. Like, yes. they had moments yeah. where like they're standing back to back practicing because they don't know like where to look if they're facing each other. Which she literally says like, I don't know where to look. So can I, we, I don't know where to look. <laughs> it's so right. good. That's and good. they're like back to back and like, you can tell that they're just enjoying like having their backs touch each other as they're singing. <laughs> right, right, right. There's no space there. <laughs> right. It reminds you of the day of just like, like every once in a while you would just like stand shoulder to shoulder with someone. And I remember like the feelings in high school of going like, Oh, this is amazing. I'm, you know, like so close to my crush or some, you know, someone I'm interested in. And I feel like they captured that kind of awkwardness and their like flirtatious lake cliff diving and all that stuff. I thought that was really effective. It is not the type of romance that I think is meant to last through college, but it adequately (laughs) shows like this is maybe uh, a summer of romance. Yeah, exactly. And I think it served that, purpose just fine also thank you very 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 much movie coda for not trying to have some scene of them together i really appreciated not having to like that wasn't part of the thing of their like yeah you know dipping their toes in the water sort of thing so that was good thank you movie and i also like the brother leo rossi played by daniel durant you know throughout the movie we kind of see his frustration about mm-hmm. he thinks his sister Ruby needs to go off and do music. Like that's her passion. Right. It's what she wants to do. So he kind of wants to support her in that. But he also feels frustrated that the family keeps looking to her to solve all their problems. Whereas he's the older brother and he feels like he should be the one to support. And there's this scene outside kind of after a big altercation where he says some pretty hurtful things to her. Like, you know, our family was fine before you were born. I'm the oldest. I should be able to do all these things. Yeah. And so you, I felt that frustration 
you know, in that moment, I think he did a, a really good job also helping us understand why, you know, he wasn't just some like nothing underneath kind of just angry brother. Like he, I think he right. did a good job explaining what was going on. I thought he was a really real character. Like he felt like a full fleshed out character and not just, I'm <laughs> right. playing the role of angry older brother or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I have some questions that are going to maybe be ignorant, but I kept thinking them throughout this movie. So we're just going to just going to, Speak out my backside for a sec. Please, please do. I feel like the dad grew up in that town fishing. Yeah. And he said his grandpa fished, his dad fished in his waters. He's fishing. And it seems like in general, the town knows him. Correct. And like their family and has known them. It strikes me a bit of strange that people that have grown up with him his whole life as he's been deaf haven't been more accommodating to him yes i would think that people in this small town will have learned to sign and there would be some you know like the the older brother her older brother probably went to school and had someone who could sign or had an interpreter there through the school it just seems like it's convenient for the plot for them to really not for her to carry all the weight but i do have the the thought of like i mean she hasn't been around that long comparably so, like, before 17 years ago, like, he had to fish and, and work things out with stuff. Like, in this small town, shouldn't there be more people that are there to be like, hey, I've known this family for forever. And for sure, I am the Rossi, like, I know how to sign enough to, uh, you know, barter for fish or whatever. You would think, but I, I feel like that also plays into the idea that once they had a hearing daughter, they really leaned on her ability to interpret for them and kind of by enabling maybe the entire town to not have to accommodate them. just kind of be lazy. Yeah, they just said like, well, the daughter interprets and if we ever need to know anything from them, she'll just tell us. And I think that, again, kind of plays into what the brother was saying where this entire town, we're worrying about communicating with them. Maybe some of that ownness can be on them to communicate with us. Right, right. Yeah, he did say that like, they'll just have to learn how to communicate with a deaf person right. like they can they'll just have to learn i think which is a really poignant thought about a lot of times it is on the person with the supposed disability to do all the work to communicate with the world around them and there could be efforts to be made on those who don't have those disabilities to communicate effectively to them right and like one of the things in my small circles of like podcasting, one of the big topics is transcripts. There's really a push right now right. for transcripts to be provided by more podcasts. So those who want to, you know, that's an entire segment of the world who's hearing impaired, who could never listen to a podcast, right. but might really enjoy reading a transcript of it. And I remember I actually asked because there's like artificial intelligence services that will transcribe a podcast for you, it'll be pretty error prone. Like there'll be a lot of like typos and like weird things that don't make sense. Right. It'll get like 65% of it okay. And so I actually asked on Twitter, what is better, no transcript or a transcript that's like 65% accurate? Yeah. And it was kind of unanimous. Everybody was like, don't do that because that will be way more frustrating to someone who is truly depending on that transcript right. to understand the content than just to know it's not an option at all. And that, that really spoke to me because I would have assumed the opposite. I would have assumed something's better than nothing. 65% be better. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's not the case from those who are actually in that world. And that we can all do a little bit to kind of understand those needs better. 
Yeah, it's so like I I recommend people see this movie because in some ways, if all it, I mean the plot is not at all complicated. It's not even like the main thrust of the conflict is not like super high stakes actually for like a lot of it, right? Except for maybe one point. But it is really good to watch a movie where it's like, oh, I don't think much about like my like what can i do to be to help or like what what yeah are there people in my life that you know i can be accommodating to i think that's really good for movies like this to help my mostly ignorant like hearing self that doesn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about oh yeah yeah someone's not able to listen to us podcast i would say that there are probably more important podcasts out there and better podcasts (laughs) that probably but probably we'll we'll get there We'll get there. And I think that's another poignant moment is when we get to the final scene, which is her audition at Berkeley. In the earlier performance, when her family was in the audience, but they couldn't hear, obviously, what was going on, I was hoping in that moment, I was like, why don't you just sign what you're singing? Sign, sign. So they can at least participate in what the song is about. Because that was her dad's first question after the first performance is like, what was that song even about? Like, what were you singing about? Right. And like, that would actually mean a lot to just know the words. Like that's kind of half of the yep. the music. And so as she's doing the audition at Berkeley, you know, she is unprepared, all this kind of stuff. The overboard guy <laughs> comes in and plays piano. But when she begins to sign, her parents are in the balcony so they, and they can at least understand what she is singing and saying. I cried then too. That was a, another very poignant moment. I turned to Jill halfway through this movie and I said, hey, at some point in time, she's going to sing and she's going to sign to her family while she sings. And when that moment comes, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and sure enough, I, I did think it was going to come earlier, but they saved it for the end. And there we go. Yep. Absolutely. It happened, it happened just as you said. <laughs> I was like, well, this is, I'm just going to call my own shot here. You can look over and see me all blubbering yeah. up. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the overboard music teacher for a second. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because I do think this movie is in a lot of ways good and has a lot of like pretty good things. Now, again, I'm not sure about the whole like expecting your teenage daughter to basically be the like hearing person on the boat in order to keep you from being you know able to do it and all that stuff and right but like it's reasonable i mean it's i mean it's a ton of pressure to put on a teenager but i'm saying like that happens and that makes sense like i think about it uh, for example in um like first generation americans and uh their parents maybe immigrated to the country and don't speak a lot of english and how that really puts you in the like Hey, I'm I'm helping out my parents, for example. Right. Different things. Like I understand the sort of dynamic there. Here's a dynamic I do not understand. Being so hard on her showing up late yeah. to practice. Yeah. yeah. In order to try to get a scholarship into college. And she was like, I'm I'm sorry, I have a family thing. Like and he says, like, oh, you're lazy and you're not committed. And I was like, oh, I hate hold on, overboard guy. I, yeah, yeah, because overboard guy was like, I have my own life here besides you, too. And I was like, really? Because you're just in here on your house on the lake, like, beautiful house. I don't think you have it as tough. This girl's getting up at 3 a.m. every day yeah, fishing like, for four and five hours. <laughs> like, You have no discipline. You're late. You're unprepared. You wouldn't last two days at Berkeley. 
he shows no he shows no empathy or even like an ability to grasp the context of hey i'm not here because i'm like out partying with my friends i am i am not here on time because like my family needs me in order to run a business. Oh, and by the way, if I don't show up, yeah, it might be because my fa- my family's fishing license got revoked because I wasn't you know, like they got arrested because I wasn't there. Also, him talking in front of her family, like tell them that you need to go to Berkeley and you need to like pursue this thing, and she's like, drop it, please. Like I'm not signing this to my family. Like right. That's it was weird. Kind of a jerk move. You can encourage someone to like pursue their dreams, but it's also like a noble thing to choose to help your family instead. Right. And he showed no awareness that this was at at all had any nobility. He was just like, yeah, 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 just yeah. do this because you love it so much. And it's like, all right. I mean, that's great if you're like the brother. It makes sense because he knows right. what she's given up and she, he's sacrificing. This teacher knows nothing about her <laughs> life and is like. Come on, man. I wish he would have played it less flamboyant and more like just super, like a super strict. Mr. Holland's opus. Yeah, just like super strict teacher. Right. Like just be mean. Like just be super mean. Like no, no funny business. Like you don't do any kind of jokes. (laughs) Yeah, no jokes. Just be super mean. And I feel like that would have been a better, more believable situation. Because like she literally falls asleep on his floor during a lesson at one point, And it's like, that's not normal. Like something has to be going on in her personal life right. for that to happen. And if you really care, like again, he's saying he really cares about her because he's giving his own time to help her for free. It's like, well, if you really care, maybe find out why she's falling asleep in the middle of the afternoon on your floor, <laughs> you know? Anyway. Right. I don't know. I couldn't get on board with that. And I felt like you were being far too harsh on her for this. You couldn't get on board. It sent you... Overboard. Overboard. Yeah, that's terrible. (laughs) I just... I hate everything about that. All right. Let's rate rate this movie, Nate. Can I say real quick? There are some scenes in this that really stressed me out. Yeah. Like when the reporter person or the auditor got on their boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The monitor and the Coast Guard came up and they didn't like... There's so much tension there. (sighs) Maybe... Like those were the moments where I was like kind of looking away from the screen and on my phone because I was like, this feels so awkward. I just can't deal, can't deal with it. And then when they started talking about like, what do you want for dinner tonight during her music performance? That was, that was so like cringy. But I also, you also get like for family of hearing impaired people to sit through an hour and a half concert that with no it has to be so boring. Yeah, with no affordance for like a, an interpreter to at least like the words that are being sung, right. that would be super boring. Yep. Like, yeah, I totally understand. You're going to be like, what do you want for dinner? At least they weren't, I, I, yeah, I'd be on my phone the whole time. Yeah, on that note, a scale of zero to five plates of spaghetti because that's what they were going to have for dinner mm. that night. It's true. <laughs> what do you say? What do you give this movie, Nate? What do you give Coda? One, it won best <sighs> picture. Best picture, the first streaming service ever to win the Oscar for best picture. What do you say? I'm going to give Coda a solid four. Oh, oh, okay. I really enjoyed a lot of this. I really enjoyed a lot of this movie. I thought, which by the way, I saw a interview with Marley Matlin, uh, the mom. Yes. And how like she has been pushing, like she has been like on the front edge of like pushing like closed captioning for like, yes. she seems like an amazing person just in general. Like she is yes. just such an advocate. Right. I thought the family in general was great. I thought it was very good. I think where this movie doesn't hit is that it feels like it knows the parts that it has that are really like the emotional beats and knows the acting is solid enough 
that it kind of just kind of goes safe lane the rest of the way. The conflict is pretty like by the book. Yeah. Her ga- going to Berkeley and like doing her like the fact that I knew it would end with her singing and signing was not like anything. There was nothing surprising about this movie. It was just right. really solid and well done. Yeah. And I think that is yeah, it doesn't get necessarily marks for like taking a big leap, but I guess in some ways just the whole that perfect casting and like actually having uh, hearing impaired people like play the family it was was so cool and good enough that like yeah, yeah. i guess i didn't need it to have more but at the end of the day like the plot it's fine it's good it's fine it's fine it's, it's, it's fine. a movie it, it shows it's, it's the arc of a, a movie. movie exactly so i will say i'm gonna give it three and a half i have to take a whole point off for eugenio derbez i just yeah <laughs> i need to see him yeah. in another role now you've, i need to see him play hurt. a different role you've been hurt yes it's a scar before. it's yeah it's a scar. Whole point out for him. And then again, like the plot is pretty straightforward. Like it's good. It's, it's a good movie. You don't necessarily watch it for the plot. You watch it for the performances from these incredible actors like Marley Matlin and Troy Kotsur. How much did you care about that fishing co-op? Because I cared a great deal. I really just wanted oh, to like open goodness. the books up. I want to hear how this is going for you. I wanted I wanted to see that interview they did with the news <laughs> uh, right. van or whatever. Like, yeah, like that was that was a very cool part of the story we didn't mention. But yeah, I love that. And then you also get a couple cutscenes of the mom, Marley Matlin, like interacting with other ladies from the town and they're able to laugh <sighs> together and communicate. <sighs> you see the other ladies signing to her. And it's like, yeah, even people who might have seemed really bad before, they could come around. Like they might they can come around too. So I did like it. It's a good movie. Minus some bullies at the high school, which are just, you might as well put them in IMDb as bully number one, bully number two, <laughs> mean girl number three. Oh, that cafeteria scene Ugh. when they all start. Oh, that was heart wrenching. Like that was, that was the moment where the Miles character, the guy, I was like, you should just yeah, you're done. go away. Right. Just, right. just go away now. <laughs> so yeah, three and a half. It's a good movie. If you have Apple TV plus, I think you should watch it. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it was good. Listen, what you really should do right now, though, is either listen to the bonus episode we just recorded. Speaking of things that scarred Stephen earlier in life. <laughs> yes. I'll talk about some high school stories uh, in the bonus episode. And the way you can listen to that is by going to patreon.com slash movies on the side. Support the show with any dollar amount per month. You can listen to it there. Or if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, there's actually a subscribe button right there. You get access to the entire catalog of bonus episodes, hearing about everything from bread in a can to gleeking, which that's what we talked about today, amongst other useless skills in our bracket. So that's all. That's all I'm going to say. And as we always say, pent like a tiny dog. Oh, there's not a whole lot of not a no, whole lot of, of lines in this movie. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. For for obvious reasons. 